All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. You know, I refuse to be depressed over this. I'm just so impressed about our media ministry because I'm telling you, I would be depressed. I'll be honest with you, I'm not super spiritual or anything. I would be depressed if I couldn't preach for these four weeks. I guarantee you that. Uh, I've been preaching 46 years, and I've never had this happen. And neither of you, if you've been living 46 years, but uh, this has been amazing <clears throat> what God has done in our hearts. Now, I think we're going to start a new ministry as soon as we get back together. It's going to be calisthenics for Christ. Amen? Because all of you have put on a lot of weight. I can see looking right into your living room right now, a lot of you, all you've done is eat the whole time. And I know that is because this coat don't fit anymore. It was loose before the pandemic. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. Uh, my wife, all she's done is cook. And all her husband's done is eat. So we've had a great time, and we've grown closer to each other and closer to God through this, and I hope that you have too. I want to thank you for praying for Mark and Amy. Uh, they made it in after 26 hours of flying. I mean, on the plane. I would have went bananas. They'd have had to, they would have had to have a parachute if I'd have been on that flight because I couldn't have took it. And uh, then they drove uh, four hours up to Pigeon Ford, and we appreciate the cabin so they can have their quarantine for the next two weeks. And then I appreciate Brother Jeremy Hall driving them nine hours to Cape Town before they started that trip. But they made it in great. Uh, they did not stop in Dalton except to pick up uh, some things at the church. They wouldn't stop at our house or Nana's house because uh, Miss Emily said she would hug them to death and that would be against quarantine. But I appreciate you praying for them. appreciate all of those that bought groceries for them. Uh, there was a, a dear lady in a medical ministry that came down there and just stocked up the whole refrigerator, freezer with food enough for a month uh, just out of appreciation. You know, Mark Coffey is one of the most giving people I've ever met. And you know, when you give, God gives to you. And He uses people in churches. We're really excited about Him preaching soon at our church. But I want you to continue to pray for them because it was hard for them to leave South Africa. They didn't leave because of the pandemic they left because of a wedding and so uh, pray for them thank you for praying all right let's get right to the message i've got a series this morning and so i'm going to try to keep it brief because uh y'all want to eat by two o'clock i know amen revelation chapter one let's all stand all the word of god all of you that's here stand all the word of god with the word of god in your hands because you don't stand for me and you don't stand for people to uh, see you. you stand in honor of god's word and you stand for him and you pray that i'll preach for him because if I preach just for this congregation, it'll be a little short and maybe a little weak. I want you to look at Revelation chapter 1. Our theme for this year is a greater vision, a greater vision of Christ in 2020. And I began in January preaching a series on a great vision, getting a greater vision of souls and a greater vision of what the church is all about. And of course, a greater vision of Christ. And there's no greater vision of the living resurrected, ascended Lord than in chapter 1 of the book of Revelation. So I want to preach an Easter message out of this first chapter. Let's read verse 1 through 18 together. Everybody got your Bible at home? Amen? Alright, good. It says, John to the seven churches which are at Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is, which was, and which is to come. That ought to make a, a Baptist shout. And it says, from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, and listen to this, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, 
unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Let's pause right there and say amen. All six of you said amen. That's good, amen. And he hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. And I like this word, amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him and all kindred of the earth shall well because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. And I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God, suffering for the word of God, and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard him, and heard and, and heard him behind me a great voice as a trumpet, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. <clears throat> what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, in Ephesus, unto Smyrna, and to Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and Sardis, and Philadelphia, and also to Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his foot, girt about with paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were as a flame of fire. His feet like fine brass, and it were burned into a furnace. And his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of the mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was in the sun shineth as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he said, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, for I am the first and the last. And here's my text. And it says, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity. I want to thank you, dear God, for the technology that you've given us. Uh, Lord, I'd just be sitting at home praying and fellowshipping my wife if it wasn't for this technology. But God, you've given us this technology to use for your glory. I pray for every person that's tuned in. I pray they'll share it right now with their loved ones. Maybe that's not accustomed to going to church. Uh, Lord, and they would hear this message. And Lord, that we could celebrate, not the day Easter, not the church. But God, we could celebrate the risen Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. So Lord, bless this message. And we'd get a greater vision of the glorified living Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, verses 1 through 10, we see that the Lord lays upon on this revelation of Jesus, uh, and it is the revelation of Jesus, amen? The whole book, the whole Bible's a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you read a chapter you don't see Jesus, you need to read it again. But we see that in verses 1 through 10, He's in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And as He worshiped, John hears a voice behind Him that sounds like a great trumpet, 
Aren't you looking forward to the trumpet? Amen. I believe it could take place, the trumpet could sound before this pandemic's over. I really do. Before this day's over. It'd be a good day for the Lord to come. Say amen. And his voice arrested his attention and he turns to see the source of the sound. And when John turns around, he sees two things. First, he sees seven golden candlesticks. Look at verse 12. It says, I turned and see the voice spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Now, if you want an interpretation for that, you can go down to verse 20. The candlesticks are the churches, the seven churches that he's addressing. And that can also represent seven church ages. And, of course, it can also represent you as part of the church. Thank God the church is not dead, even though we can't meet in a building. Say amen. And so we see he, he sees a golden lamp stand. <clears throat> and he sees an individual... And look how he describes this individual. Verse 13. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. This phrase appears in the Old Testament. Daniel chapter 7, 13 through 14. As Brother uh, uh, Jeremy did such a wonderful job going through the book of Daniel. But in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 through 14, Daniel refers to him as the Son of Man. And then we see the title was the favorite title for Jesus to refer to himself. Uh, 81 times in the gospel, he calls himself the Son of Man. Or someone else called him the Son of Man. And so when Stephen was stoned, he looked into heaven, and he saw Jesus, and he referred to him as the Son of Man, Acts chapter 7, verse 56. So when John turns, he sees Jesus Christ, the Son of Man. He's all God, he's all man. But thank God, the Lord Jesus Christ, God Almighty, came to this earth to walk this earth 33 and a half years approximately, perfect, without sin. Died on the cross, and three days later, he arose from the dead. I love John's testimony of this. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, he said, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. He said, I saw him. I heard him. I touched him. Thank God, folks. I hope you know Jesus. I hope you know that he's the risen Savior and that he's the living Lord of glory. So I want to look just for a few minutes. <clears throat> and I've always wanted to just preach a few minutes and never have. But I want to look for a few minutes on the vision of the living Lord of glory. This is the glorified Lord. And for him to have this vision, number one, he had to die, he was buried, he arose, and he ascended. Amen? It's been 60 uh, days now since the, uh, he's seen the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something, uh, friend. He sees him different than he's ever seen him before. First of all, I want you to see the glory of the, uh, the Lord of glory of his majesty. And number one, he's majestic in his activity. In verse 12 through 13, where is he at? I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Folks, listen, it says, And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man, man clothed with the garments down to the foot, and girt about, perhaps, with a golden girdle. Folks, where is he at? He's in the midst of the church. Uh, the candlestick, the, the lampstand, is referred to in the Jewish language as the menorah. And it's a type of Christ that was in the court. And folks, Jesus came into the world as a man, 
but a man filled with the oil of the Holy Ghost to be the light of the world. And so verse 20, Jesus, in the midst of the church, we're worshiping and serving a living Savior. And folks, He's blessing us. He's helping us. He speaks to us. He protects us. Hey friend, He directs us. He encourages us and praise God, He challenges us with His Word. Amen? And that's to the church. That's to the church. He's the light of the world. You know, there's a lot of darkness going on today. Thank God for the sunshine that's come out this morning unexpectedly. But I want to tell you something, there's a lot of darkness uh, spiritually and physically today. There are a lot of people dying. So many deaths that they're having uh, to bury people uh, side by side, the unknown corpses in, the New, in New York City. It's so sad. It's a dark day. Hey friend, I want to tell you something, it's a dark day spiritually when they deem a liquor store more essential than they do the church of God. The liquor store can stay open. Hey, Brother Randy, the abortion clinic can stay open because they deem the world that it's essential to their little selfish life. And I want to tell you something, that's not essential. I'll tell you what's essential. The Lord in the church. The Lord among His people. The Lord in our heart. Folks, listen, friend, we have an essential need in our life and His name is the living God. So He's majestic. Oh, friend, he's majestic in his activity. He's moving. He's working. And I'll just say this. I think he's getting a lot of people's attention. I think he's getting the attention of people that counted the church as just a special day to go to church. Um, uh, you know, just uh, Christmas or Easter. I don't want to get off on that. But I want to say this, friend. He's more than just a holiday. He's more than just a special day. He is life and life abundant. And without Him, there's darkness. But thank God for the candle of His presence. And then I see He's majestic in His appearance. Look at verse 13. The last half, it says, He had a girt about paps with gold and girl. He had a garment down to His feet. Now folks, that represents two things, or two positions, king and priest. I want to say this, friend. I'm glad that I have a sovereign God that's King of kings and Lord of lords. Turn with me to Revelation 17, verse 14. Turn in your Bibles now. I'm seeing you turn. That's good. Praise God. Revelation chapter 17. And I want you to look at verse 14, please. Revelation 17, 14. So glad that I get to preach to you this morning. And so glad you're listening. In, in Revelation 17, I've really enjoyed the two Sunday school lessons. I caught most of both of them. This morning, thank you so much for teaching the Word of God. We have those kind of classes every Sunday when we get back together. First and second grade class, Miss Rebecca, uh, glory class. That's the over-the-hill gang that I'm a part of. Amen? Praise God. But look at Revelation 17, 14. The Bible says, These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for He is the Lord of lords, say it now, and the King of kings. And <clears throat> they are with Him and, and they are with him are called the chosen and the faithful. Thank God, friend, he's king of kings, lord of lords. And let me just say this, he's lord whether you bow to him or not. But if you, you want him to be lord of your life, submit to him. Bow a knee, but not just bow a knee, bow your life to God. I want to say this, when it comes down to dying, the only thing that really counts is if you know the king of kings and the lord of lords. Amen. And then, folks, I see... Uh, not only is he pictured as a king, but he's, he's pictured as a priest. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7, turn with me there. I'll give you a lot of the words since we've got so much time. Y'all not going anywhere, are you? Uh, Revelation, <laughs> Hebrews, 
Hebrews, that was a bad joke, I'm sorry. Hebrews chapter 7, uh, please. And I want you to look at um, uh, verse 25, if you would. And uh, I just want to read this verse. I was just going to refer to it, but I, I believe I ought to read it. It says, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost, that cometh to God, listen to this, by him, seeing he ever liveth, to make what? Intercession for them. Oh, thank God. He's the interceder. He is the high priest. Now, I'm not trying to be ugly, uh, Brother Mark. I know you used to be Catholic, uh, and thank God you was converted out of that. But I was watching yesterday on Fox News as they had the ceremony, uh, the mass, and I ain't never seen something so dead in my life. I couldn't understand their language. I didn't understand all the reasons. And they were not practicing social distance, by the way. Amen? just want to say that right now. But it, but, uh, it was just a form. And it was, it was language I didn't understand. I thank God that worship the Lord ought to be alive and preaching ought to be alive. And folks, we ought to realize that He is the priest and call no man father on this earth. And thank God He is the only one that can bear our sorrows and carry our griefs uh, to the throne of God. He, he cares. He loves you. He's a high priest that's been touched with our infirmities. And we can come boldly to the throne of grace and the throne of God. Oh, friend, look at Romans chapter 8, verse 34. Romans chapter 8, verse 40, 34. Am I going too fast? Romans chapter 8, look at verse 34. Real quick. Then we'll go on and try to get this uh, message completed. Romans chapter 8, verse 34 the Bible says, who is, the, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. You know what encourages me, Brother Mark, Brother Jared, Brother Jason, Brother Blaine, Brother Cody, named all the men I think is here. You know what encourages me? Jesus praying for me. He, he intercedes for me. And He intercedes for you. Can somebody say amen? And folks, the Bible says He ever liveth to make intercession. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, there's no other mediator between us and God. Hey, no statue, no Pope, no Mary, no preacher, no Baptist union, nothing is, is your mediator. God is, the Jesus is the only mediator between us and God. So He's in, he's in a robe to His feet. He's, it's gold. And thank God, it's a golden girdle that's wrapped around that robe. It's a, it's, a, it's a symbol. It's the vision that He's King of kings, He's Lord of lords, and He's a humble priest that brings your sorrows to His heart. And then I see His head and hair. Verse 14, I've got to hurry. His head and His hair were white like wool. Look at it now. It's white as snow. Folks, that uh, depicts purity. When you see the Lord, He's pure. He's holy. He's without blemish. And friend, I want to tell you, so it speaks of purity. He that was without, without sin became sin for you, that you might be made the righteousness of, of God in Him, in Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. His head. Oh, think about it. John saw his head uh, because I believe John was his cousin uh, lay on Mary's breast to comfort a humble child. His head had no place to rest as an adult. His head was crowned with thorns and his own blood mingled with a split, spit as they spat in his face. His head was laid in a cold, dark tomb and covered with a napkin. But one day, 
Oh, glorious day that'll be. His head will be adorned with many crowns. He's coming again. Say amen. Then I see his eyes in verse 14. The Bible says his eyes were as a flame of fire. His eyes were as a flame of fire, penetrating. That speaks of omniscience. He knows what you're thinking right now. He knows if you're worshiping or sitting on that couch uh, texting your friends right now. He knows. Hey folks, I want to tell you something. Well, reverence God wherever we're at. Well, respect God wherever we're at. I've seen people so distracted in church, and I know it'd be hard for me if I was home not to be distracted by other things coming in and out of the house or, or whatever. But I want to tell you something, friend. He knows, and He knows that you fear God or if you don't fear God. There's nothing hidden from His glance. Ask Zacchaeus. When he was walking down the road, he knew he was in that tree. He said, Zacchaeus, come home. Come down. I'm going to your house. Praise God, Zacchaeus got gloriously saved. Isn't that a blessing? Peter, by the fire of God's eyes, saw him while he was warming by that fire. And the Lord said, Lovest thou me more than these? Folks, his sin, his secrets of his heart was revealed by just a look. And he wept. He wept. Peter wept when he just saw the look of his eyes. And folks, his feet, verse 15, his feet were like fine brass as burned as a furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters. His feet. The brass represents judgment. The Bible speaks of judgment. And those precious feet walked on this earth to seek and to save those who are lost. Those precious feet bore the uh, nails that was pierced through his feet. <clears throat> and folks, I want to tell you something. Thank God his feet were seen when he ascended to heaven. Acts chapter 1 verse 11. And then one day his feet's going to touch this earth. After the rapture, praise God, after the tribulation, they're going to touch this earth and split it right down the middle. But then the feet will tread on the wine press of the fierceness of this earth. The judgment will come. Thank God for those feet that walked this earth to Calvary. Went to an empty tomb, was carried to an empty tomb. And up from the grave he arose. And those feet that walked 40 days and 40 nights and appeared to over 500 people. Amen? That's hard to think of 500 people could hallucinate at the same time. Amen? only takes two to have a witness. But over 500 people saw him, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Then his voice. It says the sound of many waters. They say that when the water goes over Niagara Falls, it's 12 million cubic feet of water per minute. And when it hits those rocks down there, they say, and I'd like to see it sometime, my wife would like to see it too, I guess. But a lot of people go to Niagara Falls and they can't hardly hear because of the roar and the, and the power of that water. The Bible says in this verse, His voice is the sound of many waters. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you something, folks. His word's powerful. You ought to listen when I preach. You ought to listen when anybody preaches. You ought to realize it's not the voice of Wayne Cofield. It's not the voice of some preacher. It's the voice of God. The Word of God is the voice of God. And folks, thank God for that day He cried, It is finished. Amen. Hey, thank God for that day when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess He's Lord. And He says, Come up hither! 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Thank God, folks, I hope you're not in this crowd, but in Matthew chapter 7, they'll hear his voice saying, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. 
But I want to hear this voice. I want to hear him to say this. Matthew 25, verse 23. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you rule over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. One day, I'm getting on up there and I probably don't have much time left. I thought I was going home two weeks ago. I thought I, I, thought I, I really was sick. I even went to the doctor, which is a miracle for me. But I want to tell you something, friend. I'm looking forward to the day that I take my last breath and hear, welcome home, son. Welcome home. And folks, it'll all be because of the blood of Jesus, not because of some works, not because of some other mediator. It'll be all because Jesus took my place at Calvary. Amen? And then three days later, He receded that payment. But up from the grave, He arose. I see His hands in verse 16. And He had on His right hand seven stars. His hands, His right hand. The, hand speaks of, the right hand speaks of power. No offense, left-handers. But I want to tell you something. The right hand of God speaks of His power. And folks, Jesus holds the seven stars. If you go to verse 20, the seven stars are the pastors, the leaders of the church. And it comforts my heart to know that I'm safe in the hands of God. John chapter 10, I ain't got time to read it. You read it, verse 28 and 29. It says, no man can pluck him out of his hand. I'm secure in his hand. Then I see his mouth in this vision of the glorified Savior. Sharp, two-edged sword. Reminds me of the Word of God. The Word of God sharper than any two-edged sword. And folks, I want to tell you something. The first time He came, it was a message of peace and blessing and salvation, and they rejected Him. But the next time He comes, it's going to be a message of righteousness and judgment. Look at Revelation 19, verse 15. Turn with me now. Revelation, it'll help you. Revelation 19, 15. I'll wait on you. You got your Bible on that couch, don't you? Some of you might be laying in bed listening to this message. I don't care where you're at as long as you're listening. Say amen. Smile right there. But look at Revelation chapter 19. Uh, I want you to look at verse 15. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it it shall smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. I want to tell you something. The next time he comes, there won't be no agony. The next time he comes, there won't be no Calvary. The next time he comes... He's coming as King of kings and Lord of lords. And John sees this revelation. John sees this vision. And folks, I want you to know this. You need to see God. You need to see Jesus. You don't need to see Him as some emergency rations in a, in a pandemic. You need to see Him as Lord of lords, King of kings, God Almighty. And you need to see Him as your Savior. And you need to trust Him as your Savior. And Christians, you need to bow as He, as, as he is your Lord. And then I see His face in verse 16. Don't you love the Word of God? It says, And His countenance was as the sun shineth in His strength. You know what that's saying? He couldn't look on Him. Full force. He made Himself available the first time He came humbly. But the next time He comes, sinful men will not be able to look upon Him, much less approach Him. The first time He came, He came uh, uh, and picked up uh, they plucked his beard and, and, they, and they spat on his face. And his face was beaten and streaked with his own blood. Turn to Isaiah chapter 50, verse 6. Isaiah 50, verse 6. Or just listen to it. It says, I gave my back to the smiters. 
and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from the shame and the spitting. 712 years before the fact, Isaiah saw his face being beat beyond recognition. Isaiah 52 verse 14. First time he came, he came with, with humility and with love. The next time he comes, he's coming and they won't even be able to look upon his face. Well, let me hurry and say this. I believe with all my heart that there ought to be a great reaction when you see the Lord. I want you to look at verse 17 of, of John's reaction. It says, And when I saw him, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as what? Dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not. Fear not. I am the first and the last. Folks, John's reaction is so beautiful. Uh, he didn't try to dance before the Lord. He didn't try to have a celebration. And that's okay in, in the proper way uh, to worship and praise Him. Don't ever make fun of anybody that wants to worship and praise God. But folks, he fainted dead away. And I want to tell you, John just demonstrates for us what sinners one day will do. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 11 and uh, uh, 9 through 11 that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess folks uh, uh, that he is Lord at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in the heaven things in earth things on the earth and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father folks every knee shall bow Revelation chapter 20 verse 11 through 15 talks about the great white throne judgment they're going to bow then and I'm going to tell you something. It's better to bow now than bow then. It, it, listen, it's not a matter of when you're going, uh, what you, uh, if you're going to bow. You're going to bow. But I want to tell you something. It's good to bow now than then as a Christ rejecter. I'm glad I've already bowed. Many years ago, 1964. I don't know how many years ago that is. Figure that up, Brother Cody. But uh, 1964, I was an 11 and a half year old son of a drunk. Had nothing to offer anyone. Jesus pricked my heart about my sinful condition. I heard a message on hell and I came down to the aisle and bowed a knee to the Lord and asked Him to come in my life and save my soul. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I bowed before Him. And I want you to see Christ's reassurance. Not only John's reaction, but Christ's reassurance. When John fainted as dead, He speaks to him. He places His hand tenderly and touches John. And with his voice that should cry judgment to the whole world, he looks, at, he, he, he looks at John and puts his hand upon him and says, Peace. He says, Fear not. Fear not. I am the first and the last. Folks, he's alive. He's alive to every problem you might be facing, he's alive in your sickness. He's alive in your sorrow. Many people have had to say goodbye uh, to their loved ones. Couldn't even have a funeral. Can you imagine that? These nurses and doctors holding up the phone to a loved ones and their last words to their, to their loved ones. That, that, that's heartbreaking. But I want to tell you something, folks. Only Christ can help them now to have peace. And if their loved one was saved, they ought to rejoice that they're in a far better place and with the Lord. And folks, John had heard this before. 
He was in a boat in Mark chapter 4, verse 39, and Jesus rose from his sleep and he said, Peace be still. And the waves were placid. And they were calm. Calmed. And they said, What matter of man is this? Even the winds and waves obey his voice. I'll tell you what matter of man he is. He's Lord. And he's a living Lord. And folks, we hear the word peace. Hallelujah. What a Savior that we can have peace. And then I want you to see, last but not least, I want you to see the Lord of glory in His ministry. We see the Lord in His glory and in, in, uh, His mercy to John. We see the Lord in His ministry. He's in the church. He's working. He's blessing. He's helping. He's encouraging. He's even convicting. But last but not least, we see the Lord in His ministry. In His ministry. Look at verse 17. The last half says, And He laid His hand upon me. Fear not, I am the first and the last. And then he says, I am he that liveth and was dead. I want you to see, first of all, he's the reigning one. I am the first and the last. John is reminded that Jesus is the author and finisher of all things. He's the one who has always been. He's the one who always will be. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. He is the one who has always been. He's the one who will always be. He's the one that reigns. He's timeless. He's eternal. And then I want you to see this especially on this morning. He's not only the reigning one, He's the resurrected one. He said, I am He. Listen to this. I am He that liveth and was dead. But behold, I'm alive forevermore. I'm alive forevermore. And then what's the next word? Amen. Amen. All of you ought to amen that this morning. You ought to amen that He's alive. Jesus did something no one else has ever done. He entered death in His own time. <clears throat> no man took His life. Thank God. He entered death in His own time. In His own terms. And He walked out of it. He walked out of death again and again. Folks, I want to tell you something. He died on the cross. And three days later, He arose from the dead. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. I love that song, Brother Randy, that y'all sing. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me, no, you ask me how I know He lives? He lives within my heart. Have you talked to Him today? Have you, have you reached out and, and uh, asked Him to help you? And then last but not least, He's the redeeming one. He says, I am He that liveth and was dead. I was dead. Why did He die? His death is like no other death in history. He died not for Himself, but He died for others. He died for you. He died for me. He went to that cross to pay a price that you could never pay. Hey folks, he's, he, he gave His all for those who had nothing to offer Him. He was bruised for our iniquities. He carried our sorrows to the cross. And all we like sheep have gone astray. But thank God, He, he, he had the, all the sins of all the world laid upon Him. Whosoever will can be saved this morning. He paid the price. He eternally redeemed us. Look at Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. In the same chapter. John got into the, the Revelation. 
and I see it very clearly, uh, he, he, couldn't get, he, he couldn't get past five verses until he brought up the blood of Jesus and the, and, the, and the payment of Calvary. Look at it. It says in this, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, Revelation 1.5 now, And he said, And the first begotten of the dead, with the prince and kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us, and from our sins, listen, washed us from our sins in his own blood. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the message of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, He's alive, but He died first for your sin. He didn't swoon. He wasn't overcome by some um, uh, the brutal uh, uh, treatment of the cross and then come back to life in the coolness of the tomb. He was dead. He died in your place. He took your death. He took your hell. And praise God, He took your sin and nailed Him to the cross so you could live and have, be saved. How many are glad you saved this morning? Say amen. Excuse my excitement on this morning when there's almost an empty sanctuary because my heart's not empty. And folks, one day I will be empty when I get to heaven and, and I rejoice with Him forever and ever because He paid the price once He offered His sin. Dead. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 10. If, since y'all don't have to go out to eat, some of you might be cooking while you're listening to this message. But I want you to know something, friend. You've got plenty of time, I hope, to listen to these last verses I'm going to read. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10 through 14. Don't you love the Word of God? I like to preach a lot of the Word. It says in Hebrews 10, 10 through 14, by the which we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once... For all. <laughs> Amen. And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oft times the same sacrifices. Millions and millions of gallons of blood was offered at the Old, Old Testament. None of it could redeem anyone. Which can never take away sins. Your religion can never take away your sin. But look at this. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down. On the right hand of God. Woo! And look at this verse 13. From henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. And verse 14 now. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Oh friend. Go over to Hebrews. Back to Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12. Hebrews 9 12. The Bible says neither by the blood of goats or calves. But by his own blood he entered in once and to the holy place, having attained eternal redemption for us. Oh, friend, look at verse 25 of Hebrews chapter 9. It says, Nor yet that we should offer himself often as high priests enter into the holy place every year with the blood of others. Religion. But look at this. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Woo! Can't, I get excited about this. We've got to read verse 27. For as is appointed, and the man wants to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Folks, he's the redeeming one. Well, thank God, friend, 
He is the resurrected one. Thank God He's the reigning one. But may I say, last but not least, go back to our text. Revelation chapter 1. He is the remaining one. He is the remaining one. I'm alive forevermore. Aren't you glad that you worship the living God? Aren't you glad that He's an eternal God? And aren't you glad that through Jesus Christ, you can be saved and live forever? And then He's the releasing one. I have the keys of hell and of death. I have the keys of hell and of death. Let me get this. You know, when you have keys, that means you possess something. I got a 2007 Avalon out there, and it's mine, I think. Half my wife's, but it's, it's mine. And that's keys. I got, I got a key, master key to every door in this church. And thank God, I want to tell you something, folks. Keys represent ownership. It represents access. It represents um, authority. That, that's my car. But I want to tell you something. He said he had keys to what? Hell and of death. Folks, Jesus Christ decides all the issues of life and death. That's right. Because He entered dead, dead, death and walked out of it, and He knows, He knows that I cannot go to hell because He's locked the door once I got saved. Folks, He knows that I can go to heaven because He unlocked the door through His sacrifice by Him coming to this earth. And praise God, as a matter of fact, <clears throat> He's got the keys of every grave it's ever been dug and every person that's been planted in that grave because one day 1 Thessalonians 4 13-18 he's going to speak the word and up from the grave we're going to rise but I want to tell you something folks he has most importantly of all he has the keys to eternal life for you if you'll trust him he has the key he has the key he is the key John 10-9 said this I am the door John 14, 6 says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh the Father but by me. I got to close, you got to eat. But I want to tell you this, friend. You need to make sure you're saved. You need to make sure that you're not here in some religious form, but folks, that you know Him as in a personal relationship and that you realize that He's alive. See a greater vision of the risen, ascended, glorious Lord this morning. He is alive. The Bible says in John 14, 19, because He lives, you, show, you can live too. You can live too. My dear friend, Brother Rick Spence, wrote a great track on the uh, virus, uh, the uh, coronavirus. And um, it's a great one. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. You ought to read it. But I'm going to tell you this, is that folks, we've all been affected. We've all been infected with sin. We've all sinned. But thank God, Jesus is the cure. And it would be so sad that if somebody came down with this coronavirus, and I mean they were deathly sick, and somebody had a cure, and they said, no, I'd rather live my own life. I think I can tough it out. I think I can make it without this cure. And you rejected that cure and died. And folks, I want to tell you something. Jesus Christ came to this earth and took sin for you. That He can be the antidote. He can be the complete a healing of your sin, and He paid it all, and thank God you ought to see Him alive and well, King of kings, High Priest, Lord of all, and thank God your personal 
loving Savior that puts His hand upon your heart when you're down and out and says, fear not. Peace be still. Let's pray. Father, thank You for the message this morning. I hope that somebody's enjoyed it half as much as I've enjoyed preaching it. God, I thank You for life and strength and health again to be able to preach with some vigor and some enthusiasm because, Lord, You have planted in my heart a desire to live for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you for saving me when I was just a kid, being with me in all my teenage years, God going with me through college and going with me and leading me to to marry a wonderful uh, maid and God have four precious children and Lord uh, be the pastor of this church for 42 years. God, you bless me. But Lord, all those blessings are nothing compared to the blessing of being saved and the blessing of knowing You as Lord and Savior of my, of my life. So Lord, this morning, while the musicians play and while we close this broadcast, oh Lord, help it not just to be a broadcast. Help it not just to be some religious Easter ceremony, some token of our appreciation to religion. God, help us to seek You. You promised we'd find You. Help us, God, to humble ourselves as John did. Almost faint before Your feet. And say, dear God, I see who You are. And I see how good You've been to me. And how good You are. And I see You as the ever-living, reigning, ruling, redeeming, releasing Savior. And dear God, help us to have a greater vision of the resurrected Lord will never be the same. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me give an invitation. Right where you're sitting, I want you to pray. I want you to search your heart. I want you to realize that without Christ, you're not living. Without Him, you can do nothing. But with Him, you can do all things in His will and for His glory. I want to ask you a question. If you died today, do you know you go to heaven? I know we went a little longer than usual. I've tried to make these broadcasts in the past two weeks or three weeks very short, very brief. But this is Easter Sunday, my goodness. We ought to spend a little time worshiping, praising. But also we ought to spend some time re-examining our life, making sure that we're saved. If you're not saved, I want you to be sure to contact us and let us show you in the Bible how you can be saved. You can write us a letter. You can contact us on the way of the internet, withfieldbaptist.com, or you can call us, 706-278-6776. We'll be glad to counsel with you from the Word of God how you can know for sure you're saved. And then you that are Christians, many of you are listening this morning, aren't you glad that you have the Lord as your Savior? He's Lord. He's, He's King of Kings. He's Lord of Lords. He's all you need. Folks, He'll help you. He'll bless you if you'll yield your life to Him. So I hope you'll do that this morning. Father, thank You for the broadcast. Thank You for the service. Thank You for the opportunity to witness how alive You are. And I pray, dear God, that You'd use this time together. Uh, Lord, by way of Internet, thank You for the technology You've given us. God, that you'd use this message to 
help us to be reminded how wonderful it is to be saved. And Lord, again, if there's one that's lost, please, dear God, please save their soul. Help them to realize that they could be the next person that dies. All these hundreds of thousands are dying around the world. God, they need you. They need you now. So Lord, I pray that somewhere, somehow, uh, God, they just bow right before you now and cry out to you and pray, Lord, be mercifully a sinner and believe in the death, the burial, the resurrection. Be gloriously saved. Oh, we'll praise you for that. We believe you're going to save someone through this message. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Help us to keep a greater vision of the living, glorified Lord in our soul. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.